Welcome back to Boilers and Beyond. I'm Jordan Jones. We are back here today trying to warm up still after Purdue's 17-9 win over Northwestern in a frigid Rossade Stadium on Saturday. Purdue certainly not the most comfortable victory of all time. Uh, certainly not exactly what Purdue had in mind, but Purdue does get the win. They improve to 7-4. and four. They send their seniors out with a win at Rossade Stadium. We will get into all of that here today, as well as touch on what happened in Minneapolis and what that means for Purdue as it pertains to the upcoming week and the rest of the season. Uh, if you don't already, be sure to follow the show on Twitter, at Boilers Beyond. Tons of stuff there, tons of basketball this week. Going to have three games of basketball and a football game. Lots to talk about there, so be sure to follow on Twitter and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Again, so much stuff going on this week that you will not want to miss it. Purdue won this game 17-9, to and, you know, it was cold, it was a little windy, but Purdue should have won this game by significantly more than 17-9. to it's it's sometimes difficult to get critical after a win because at the end of the day, they're Big Ten games. None of them necessarily come easily, but Northwestern is just in a bad spot. You know, on the pre uh, pregame podcast, I kind of talked about the challenges that that program faces here in the modern era of college football. And they're just not a good team. You know, they came in at one and nine and they came in. I didn't know this until the game started, but playing their third string quarterback, who is a walk on sophomore, uh, who really not a gifted thrower uh, of the football. And I think if you had told me before the game that Northwestern was going to be down to their third string quarterback, I'd have told you I'd expect Purdue to win and probably cover that number that was around 17 to 18 points. Purdue did not do that. Purdue did not really come close to that. Uh, in fact, I was getting a little worried there as Northwestern picked up a first down or two on their final drive. Thought, oh boy, is this going to be a situation where this game comes down to a two-point conversion? You know, Northwestern had the ball for over five minutes Got a couple of first downs before Purdue forced a turnover on downs that really sealed the deal. But this wasn't a pretty game. Uh, this isn't a result that I think you see and come away with feeling super inspired with confidence about this team. And I guess with only one regular season game left, it's almost a moot point now to discuss how confident you are or how you feel about the team because, you know, it, it, the end is here basically. But, you know, for Purdue to really impress, it would have taken a lot more than this. Uh, it would have taken more than 300 total yards of offense. I understand the rationale that, you know, it was cold out, it was windy. 
if you were in the stands, you know, you certainly felt it, especially in the second half there. Uh, when that sun went away, it got really cold in that stadium. But I will say all of that, and I'll note, last year, Purdue played some games in some pretty cold weather. Uh, that Purdue-Northwestern game at Wrigley Field wasn't exactly warm. There was some breeze there. It was a chilly day. Purdue didn't struggle to throw the ball that day. I think Hayden O'Connell came close to throwing for 400 yards that day, if not hitting 400 yards. Uh, the bucket game last year, under the lights for most of it, uh, Purdue didn't struggle to throw the ball. Purdue didn't struggle to find open receivers. And I think that's where you look at this team from last year to this, and it is very possible that this Purdue team finishes with that same 8-4 and four regular season record, but I think last year's team would be favored by this year, favored over this year's by at least a touchdown. Uh, this Purdue team really isn't all that great. You know, it's the old saying, your record says who you are. It's not exactly true here. Um, Purdue just doesn't inspire a ton of confidence. You look at this game today, or yesterday, 16 of 25 for 159 yards. That's not a bad completion percentage, and Aiden O'Connell played an okay game. He missed a few throws, but, you know, the one thing that's just becoming a little concerning is when you look to the future, who are the playmakers on this team? I, senior night's always, senior day, senior night, it's always a great time to reflect on what's happened and look ahead to the future. And on this senior day, Purdue recognized a group of seniors that have been phenomenal for this program. A lot of those players were thrust into action back in 2019 before they were ready. It was a dinged-up Purdue team. They weren't going to go bowling. They got a lot of young guys, a lot of reps that year. And that's paid off. You are now going to go to your second straight bowl game. You could have your second straight eight-win season. This is a group of seniors that's been quite impactful. You look at both sides of the ball. You look at Aiden O'Connell, of course. You look at Charlie Jones, Payne Durham. Uh, you look on, I mean, on the offensive line even, you know, Eric Miller is going to be a significant loss. Uh, over on defense especially, I mean, my goodness, Branson Dean, Lawrence Johnson, uh, Kyron Douglas, Jalen Graham, Corey Trice, Cam Allen. I mean, these are a lot of very big losses that Purdue's about to suffer. And when you look at Purdue's passing game, the flagship feature of Purdue's game as a whole, I mean, the, the entire feature of this team is that they are designed to be a pass-heavy offense that's going to throw the ball around the field. But Purdue doesn't have receivers who are open. Purdue doesn't have receivers that are difference makers. Charlie Jones has been the exception to that. You know, he's been good this year. Uh, he's been everything you could have possibly hoped for and then some when he transferred in from Iowa. But past him, Payne Durham's had a good year, but it's been up and down. TJ Sheffield has had some big games, and he's had a game. I don't think he had any catches against Iowa. 
He had two catches for four yards yesterday. Uh, Mershon Rice, Abdul Rahman Yassin, Deion Burks. I mean, n- guys aren't out there making a ton of plays. And that's where I think you should be a little concerned. It's a transfer portal heavy sport now, and Purdue will no doubt be involved. But, man, I think bidding farewell to so many seniors and looking at what has been proven behind them, a little bit scary. Uh, Now, that's not to say that guys can't make big jumps in the offseason. They certainly can. But, man, I mean, just what you've seen from this year's team the pass game has not been as explosive as is needed to be. The run game has been better than I would have expected, but you know, you look at the run game on Saturday and Devin Maccabee gets knocked out of the game early. No idea how long he's going to be out. Uh, you certainly want to have him back for Saturday, if at all possible. We should know when Jeff Brown meets with the media on Monday, but... Dylan Downing, 17 carries for 49 yards. Kobe Lewis busted off a pretty big one, but as a whole, 11 carries for 42 yards. I thought Tyrone Tracy getting involved was a welcomed sight. I really liked that. But Purdue did go with Austin Burton on one play. He carried the ball. But as a whole, this Northwestern defense was one of the bottom 10 rush defenses in America coming into this game. And Purdue could only muster up 3.3 yards per attempt. That's not good enough. That's not good enough when you're only throwing for 159 yards. As a whole, I think if Purdue played maybe anyone else in the Big Ten Saturday afternoon in ross Stadium, Purdue probably loses that game. Northwestern was completely inept on offense. Uh, Freeman isn't a big 10 quarterback. I think that's clear as day nine for 20 for 78 yards and a pick. He wasn't good. He wasn't a threat. I thought Purdue's run defense was nice. You know, holding him under four yards per carry. Evan holes, a good back, but they didn't let cam Porter get much going. It was a good day by the Purdue defense. Northwestern had the one touchdown drive that was set up by the blocked punt. But outside of that, I thought it was largely a pretty good day for Purdue's defense. Now, the issue here comes when you look at what that defense gave the offense. There was a stretch of this game that Purdue could have blown this thing open. Jalen Graham intercepted a pass, took it to the house, and it was called back because he was kind of high-stepping it for the final 30, 35 yards into the end zone. Unsportsmanlike conduct, without a doubt. Uh, You don't see many unsportsmanlike conduct fouls where it takes the touchdown off the board. The rule's the rule there. Um, So be it. Jalen Graham's your best defender. You're not going to really find me criticizing Jalen Graham much. That was a dumb play. Um, Based off his Twitter today, uh, he doesn't seem to really regret it much. But, you know, Purdue got the ball there 
even after that interception gets called back, Purdue gets the ball in Northwestern territory at the 35-yard line. They only go five yards, and then for some God-knows-why reason, Purdue brings out Mitchell Finneran to try a 47-yarder with all sorts of wind involved. We knew how that's going to go. We've talked about it all season long here. Purdue's doing the guy a disservice by sending him out there from 40-plus. They're setting him up to fail, and it's not fair to Mitchell Finneran. He was asked to try to a 47-yarder. It was well short. Uh, it might have been short from 42. It, it wasn't close. And defense goes back out there. They force a fumble. Then what does Purdue do? 27 yards. They go for it on fourth down from the 31-yard line, and it's a turnover on downs. You saw in this game the impact that not having a big-legged kicker has on this Purdue offense. Purdue had a drive end at the Northwestern 33. That was the first drive of the game where Purdue turned it over on downs. You're probably not kicking from 50 in the wind, even with a real strong kicker, but Purdue had the drive end at the 30 because the kick was short. A kick from the... or. They turned it over on downs from the 31-yard line the next drive after that. I mean, these are real tangible moments where you realize how big it is that Purdue's kicker doesn't have a real strong leg. And what's interesting is Purdue's been found in that no-man's land a lot this year. I remember before the season talking about Mitchell Finneran's leg strength because he only attempted one kick from 40-plus last year. Purdue did a great job at staying out of that no-man's land last year. This season, they haven't had that kind of luck. Part of the issue is receivers aren't getting open open enough to where you just get guys open, you get them the ball in space. A lot of Purdue's throws are into tight windows in situations where the receiver is being tackled as he catches the ball. This is not a good yards-after-catch team, and that's really what this offense needs. You certainly have seen the impact of the cold weather and the wind because Purdue has really struggled uh, the last three games now uh, to the complete deep balls on the outside. You know They throw a lot of them. They attempt a lot. I mean, as much as anyone in, out there, and... Not much going for Purdue over the last three games. The weather is its a factor, but at some point, you've got to be better. Uh, and this Purdue team just hasn't looked great. I thought the defense, again, was really good. I thought Kydron Jenkins made some really nice plays. Uh, he had a couple of really big stops. He had seven tackles, two for loss. That was big for him. Certainly Jalen Graham, uh, another really good day for him. Kyron Douglas, I cannot believe he played. Uh, his injury at the end of that Illinois game did not look good at all. He got out there, uh, tied for the team lead with seven tackles. Nick Carraway got his most action of the year. You saw him with a forced fumble. That was awesome to see. I'm telling you, the guy is going to be a stud. Uh, I'm excited to see what the future holds for Nick Carraway. 
Corey Trice had a nice game, uh, had a really big pass breakup in the end zone. As a whole, awesome day for the defense, and it was good to see a guy like Caraway have a big game, a guy like Kydron Jenkins have a big game. Those are the guys you're going to be leaning on next year. That might be your starting tandem at Leo and defensive end next year. Uh, that's going to be big. Jack Sullivan had the sack that pretty much ended the game uh, that forced Northwestern to turn the ball over on downs. That was a big play. Uh, another guy, another senior going out. Uh, good play for him. But, you know, as a whole, Purdue winning this game, I don't know that it's something to celebrate. It's something you have to look at and just determine where you think the program is and where you want it to go. You know, I'm fully in the boat that I I think eight to nine wins is probably a ceiling for Purdue at this point. But I think you want to see this team get to the point where you can run over a bad opponent. And that's not what this team's been able to do. You look at all of the games that Purdue has played outside of Indiana State, and with the exception of Iowa and Wisconsin, you know, your two losses there, they've all been close. They've all been way closer than they needed to be. Florida Atlantic shouldn't have been that close. Nebraska shouldn't have been that close. Uh, You could argue that, you know, you should have beat Syracuse. I mean, this Purdue team plays with, this plays with its food too much. They don't run away with games. And at times the offense is doing great. The defense isn't like that Nebraska game. Then you have days like this where the defense continuously bails out the offense and the offense just can't get anything going. All the Purdue fans after the game, you know, the attention attention immediately went to that Minnesota-Iowa game. And it didn't go Purdue's way. Minnesota had a couple of really bad turnovers late in that game. Uh, It very nearly went Purdue's way. But unless Nebraska pulls off a stunner and beats Iowa on Friday night, it's going to be the Hawkeyes uh, coming out of the Big Ten West. And I don't think Purdue, Purdue can be upset at all that it's not coming out of the West because this team does not look the part of a team that deserves to play in a conference championship game. I mean, I don't I don't think anybody from the West really deserves to. It's going to be Iowa for the second straight year. Last year they lost 42 to 3 to Michigan. I have a feeling whoever wins the Michigan Ohio State game might do the same thing this year. But if you're Purdue, you have no one to blame but yourself here. You lost a winnable game against Penn State, which is crazy to say. The Penn State team's good. They're, they're going to go 10-2. and two. They're going to play in a New Year's Six Bowl, and you really were one stop away from beating them. Or the better way to phrase that, I guess, is you're a couple first downs away from beating them. You were non-competitive in a game at Wisconsin. You were non-competitive at home against Iowa. Purdue's got no one to blame but themselves for not going to this Big Ten championship game. I think that in itself is a disappointment. But at the same time, Purdue, you know, it's cool to go. 
It's cool to do that, and it's good for the program. I don't know that I buy into the fact that you know, getting all this exposure from playing in a Big Ten championship game where you would probably get drilled is some game changer for a program. I don't know that that's something that I, I think Purdue's going to drastically miss out on. I think that it would have been a cool experience for Purdue, a cool experience for its fans. It's still possible. I don't think it's likely, but Purdue now moves on. Uh, that's out of their control. Purdue has to play Indiana on Saturday, and it's not ideal to say this, but you feel like the best indicator of how that game is going to go is the forecast. Purdue's offense has struggled so much in these weather games, and you know Indiana's defense is bad. We'll preview this all later in the week, but I mean, if Purdue's offense can't get the ball moving and can't complete passes, then it's a long day. Uh, Again, Purdue won this game. The seniors should be pleased. They should be happy to go out with a win. You've got seven wins now. You're playing to hit your season win total over. That's obviously the last thing that should be on the minds of players in the locker room. But, you know, for observers like us, that's something to note. You're either going to outperform or underperform the season expectation in Vegas on Saturday. Which way is it going to go? It's crazy how fast the season's gone. It's been such a roller coaster of a season. Uh, Purdue, again, just when you kind of think you have them figured out, they do the opposite of what you expect. And in this case, you know, you thought Purdue had beaten Illinois. They were going to come home and take care of a lousy Northwestern team. They didn't exactly do that. However, it's a win. Purdue now moves on to the old Oaken Bucket. We will talk about that later in the week. Uh, we'll do a full Q&A. I'm about to tweet out for the questions right now. Send over your questions. Uh, let me know what you want me to talk about. Final Purdue football mailbag of the season, probably. Uh, we'll do one before the bowl game, but of the regular season for sure. But if you were at the game yesterday, I hope you were starting to defrost. That was a chilly one. Uh, It doesn't look like it will be as bad for those of you making the trip to Bloomington on Saturday. Be back later this week to preview that game. Be sure to follow on Twitter at Boilers Beyond and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts so that you don't miss an episode. I will talk to you all later this week, but until then, take care, everyone.